guys welcome to this week's podcast episode i'm really excited about today's guest she's a bread and butter guest dr rachel and she's a physician in the aesthetics and wellness industry she's got a uh, interesting background we're going to hear all about it and i'm really happy to to talk to her about aesthetics medical aesthetics recent developments and it's going to be a fantastic show especially for the physicians out there um so rachel welcome uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, all my fans call me Chris. I don't like the doctor um, prefix. So um, please do the same and, um, you know, kind of talk about your your background, your education, your training, and uh, we'll dive right into the conversation. Great. Thanks. Um, so I am family medicine physician trained. Uh, I went through residency and ever since then, I've been doing just kind of general primary care um, full scope uh, family practice here in Colorado Springs. Um, I joined a, um, a federally qualified health center just right out of residency, did that for a couple years. And then I joined a group practice in town, which was a physician led group practice. And um, since I joined them, they got purchased by a large corporate entity um, two times, in fact. So uh, my day has changed significantly as many physicians out there probably have had similar experiences. And, um, you know, with the corporate medicine, you know, just changing landscape, I decided that I wanted to, to do something um, on my own. And I opened this um, medical spa. We've been open for nearly two years now and um, just started completely on my own. I'm the only um, provider right now, although we just recently hired an esthetician who's going to be starting, and I'm super excited about that. Um, so we've really grown a lot in the past two years, um, starting from very basic um, aesthetic procedures all the way up now to having multiple um, devices, energy devices that we provide a lot of services. So it's been an interesting journey the past couple of years. Yeah. And what's what's interesting is uh, the, I get this uh, story more and more often is basically their uh, doctor's um, institution or employer or whatever practice gets bought out and then basically undergo a lot of turmoil. Uh, physicians get let go, staff get let go. Uh, this is increasingly more and more common as healthcare starts to consolidate. And it's harder for um, physicians to, you know, be self-employed, you know, do their own thing. You know, dentists, optometrists, all these, they can go out and start their own practice. You know, physicians should be able to do the same, which is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so we'll kind of talk about this um, idea of, um, we'll talk about entrepreneurship, but I want to talk about kind of this, um, this area of aesthetics and why it's so popular. It's also very lucrative as well, and how physicians can start to uh, get into it. Yeah. Um, so I, I started off by just attending a conference. Uh, where it was real basic, just kind of getting to know a little bit of the business, a little bit of procedures. And I just kind of wanted to, you know, dip my toe in the water and just kind of see if it was something that I was even interested in. And I left that just really excited about um, the prospect of, of opening this um, practice, because I do feel like this is a um, still an area where big corporations have not um, entered. And it's still very much like a uh, small business um, entrepreneurs 
um, kind of your mom and pop shops, um, just one-on-one with um, still doing patient care, but not having to deal with insurances and all of the bureaucracy around um, healthcare these days. And I really feel like I've been able to reconnect with my patients in a way that I I've lost a lot of in my just general primary care um, practice. So it's it's been a, a really good transition, and I I do feel like a lot of physicians would be interested in doing something like this. Yeah, and you mentioned conferences. You know, which uh, which conference, if you don't mind sharing the comp, or you know, which com- conferences conventions are good for physicians to kind of delve their feet in, learn more, get exposure. If you don't mind sharing that, sure. Um, the one that I first went to is called IP. It was it's I A P A M. I can't actually remember all of the um, the acronym associated with that. Yeah. Um, but I did that one mostly because it was close to me. It was in Scottsdale, and I was able to drive there and um, kind of made a vacation out of it. And um, it also appealed to me because they were talking specifically about weight loss, um, which I figured even if I didn't do um, any aesthetics practice, then, you know, weight loss still applied to my just general daily life. So I I went to that one um, for that reason. But there's a lot of really good conferences out there. Um, probably one of the big ones um, that's coming up in February of this year. No. Um, I apologize. I think it's in, in April of this year. It's um, AMSPA. So um, that's the American Medical Spa Association. And um, that's probably one of the biggest ones. It's held in Las Vegas every year. And um, it's vendors, but also you they have two different tracks. They have a clinical track and they have a, a business track. So you can learn a lot about business and about procedures and they have a lot of really good panels and there's a lot of resources there for good quality education um, outside of just conferences too. So it's a really good one to go to if you're interested in kind of learning more about it. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. The next question I have is um, talking about kind of the primary revenue generators. So people, when they first get in, you know, kind of talk about first, you know, first they get in like Botox fillers, then they add on additional services, which you do is, which is like, you know, weight loss and, um, uh, you know, lasers and all of this kind of talk about these kind of, um, developing a med spa around these, um, revenue generators. Sure. Um, well, we all think about Botox first. That's kind of like, for lack of better terms, like the gateway drug for, (laughs) for aesthetics. So it's usually what people think of first when they start thinking about, oh, I want to do something um, to enhance my appearance, they automatically think of Botox, even if Botox is not a good fit for them or or it is, that's the one that they think of. So you, a lot of people will start with, um, with those uh, neuromodulator injections. Um, one, because as a physician, it's relatively easy to learn how to do it, right? Um, it's, it's not hard to learn that anatomy again. It's not hard to use a needle. Like most of us have the skills to easily do that. So that's a, um, a good one to start with. It actually, even though it is expensive, it doesn't generate that much revenue because the cost of the product is so high. And plus not everybody needs neuromodulators. So I, um, honestly, I started with that and, um, 
chemical peels and um, facials. So I just learned how to do um, just skincare for people because everyone can use good skincare. And um, once again, it's easy for me to learn. I can, you know, pick up a book and learn about all these ingredients in these skincare products. And, um, you know, I'm not going to do anything life threatening to any of these people with, with a chemical peel. So um, those are the two that I started with. And that was kind of my bread and butter for several months of just, you know, getting people in and, and teaching them about, um, you know, good skincare and then like, you know, are you a good Botox candidate or are you not? Um, and then after that, I, that's when I started and adding on the energy devices, cause you just can treat so many more, um, conditions with that. And, um, of course those are all like financeable. <laughs> so, you know, I added those on and, and really that's where you generate the most revenue is with your energy devices, because those types of services are quite lucrative. And once you pay off the device, you don't have any overhead with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a uh, high margin it's, and it's quite interesting because, um, you know, one thing that uh, physicians, because, um, you know, your family practice trained and, uh, you know, a lot of physicians are like, well, uh, like I came from ortho and then they're like, oh, I can't do this because I'm not derms or plastics or I'm not, you know, board certified in derm or plastic. So kind of talk about these types of object uh, objections and, you know, how people can kind of, you know, still get this skill. Yeah. Well, first of all, as a physician, um, we're all, you know, highly intelligent people and skilled and lifelong learners. And no matter what field of medicine you're in, I guarantee you, you, know, you went through med school. And if you could do that, you can learn a new um, skill. So, um, these are just, you know, additional skills that people can learn. And honestly, people with far less training are doing these things. So, um, I would encourage more people to see, you know, highly skilled uh, medical professionals for these types of services, because they are medical procedures and do can, um, come with potential risks. So I, I feel like a, a physician is the best qualified, no matter what they're previous training is to, to do these types of things. Um, so I, I would just encourage anybody of any specialty to kind of take a look back and say, you know, you can really do these things. You just, it takes additional learning. And I know that any physician is capable of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know actually a lot of, uh, physicians, you know, outside of Dermot Plastics, even family, and they have these private practices and they just kind of, um, they, they get the skill and um, they do it safely and competently and, and they do it well. And then uh, they just add these additional services just for additional revenue. It's like, it's like no different than adding a new product line or, you know, kind of just the new revenue um, stream. So, um, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The next question I have is this idea of mobile versus physical location. You obviously you're, you're in this, uh, you're in a clinic right now, but you know, a lot of people, there's more like a mobile type um, practice kind of talk about, do you need a physical location? Is mobile better? Um, kind of, you know, the, the advantages, the disadvantages, all of that. Yeah. Um, so definitely you, a lot of these things you could do pretty 
mobily. Like it would be, it'd be hard to do it with a like a Morpheus machine or something like that. But you can easily do Botox or or filler. Just you know, you bring your cooler along and your supplies and and set up and and do that out of somebody's kitchen. Now, of course, <laughs> you have to you have to think about in the safety aspects of that and the cleanliness. But of course, you know. If you're going to be doing it, I would assume that um, somebody would take those kinds of precautions and make sure that it's performed safely. Yeah. Um, so you certainly could. I just think that um, you would be limited in the number of services that you could offer. But you know, a lot of a lot of times, if you're just getting started, like that might be a great way to start. And very little overhead that way. You just have the product that you're um, delivering to people, like. Um, at their homes or maybe a central location that they pick, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that could definitely be an, an option for many people. Yeah. Yeah. It's always this, um, you know, cause with the physical location, like with the mobile, it's like you have low overhead costs, of course, you know, phys- you know, patient safety, always number one compliance with the rules and regulations. Number two, because honestly, this is all cosmetic. So it's not, it's not life or death type situations. Um, the other question is kind of talking about, so a lot, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions around um, semi, semaglutide and terzipa, sorry, terzipatide. And um, mm-hmm. like, I just, like, I kind of steer clear away just because I, you know, I want to, you know, there's a lot of hype and, um, you know, every time there's hype, there's some, some you know, there's something um, and if you have to become more cognizant and kind of be on alert. So kind of talk about semaglutide, terzipatide. And again, for the audience, this is not fun. this is not advice. You know, you have to seek a professional. We're just talking these concepts. You know, just kind of putting it out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, those are medications that I do offer um, for certain, you know, appropriate use. Right. The reality is that in my day job, I get asked about these medications more times than I can even count. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of people who could benefit from some weight loss assistance. Um, you know, they don't want to go through surgery and nor do I blame them. And um, once you reach a certain weight, you know, a lot of times diet and exercise can only get you so far. Um, yeah. So I can understand people wanting to um, have assistance with weight loss and, you know, they're, these medications are really expensive for, and not all insurances cover them. So that's why I decided to add it on um, to my weight loss practice and getting them in a compounded version from um, compounding pharmacies. Um, so that's how I'm able to like provide it at a lower cost. Um, but um, in my practice, what I do is I always have a sit down consultation with the person beforehand, we talk about the medication, whether it's appropriate for them or, or, or not. If they haven't had labs within the past year, then I, I ordered um, labs, um, you know, those kinds of things to make sure that they're um, an appropriate candidate that way. And that there's no red flags for, you know, thyroid cancer or things like that. So um, I always do that. And then I require them to see me for at least three months, one-on-one. Um, so they're not just coming in and like picking up medication and just be like, bye. Um, no, they have to have like a 
a visit with me for at least three months just to make sure that they're yeah. tolerating it, um, yeah. that they're taking it safely and appropriately. I teach them how to um, administer it at home because I do provide them with a month supply that I draw up myself and then they self-administer it at home. So those are the steps that I take to make sure that it's um, done as safely as I feel like I can make it um, because the reality is that people can just go online and purchase these medications or also like do a telehealth visit in some cases, and then they just get the medication shipped to them. And I would rather them do it safely um, and make sure that they're taking it appropriately and, and um, having guidance with it instead of just buying it off the internet from who knows who is oh, yeah. giving it to them. You know, that's kind of my approach on it uh-huh. just to make sure that I'm delivering it in a safe um, way but yeah. it has it's been very helpful for like generating new um clientele for my practice because once we started offering it um you know those are people who are potentially interested in other aesthetic procedures so that once again it's kind of like a way to get people into your office yeah that's quite interesting um like i said i get a lot of questions as that i i kind of steer clear because i'm more along the lines of patient safety i want to see you know before anything goes if something is too hyped it you know kind of uh puts me on alert so um really interesting if people want to contact you follow you check out your work etc how can they do so so the best way to reach me about um, this type of information, if you have questions, which I'm more than happy to do and answer questions about um, this industry and how I got into it, is on LinkedIn. Um, and then if you just want to follow my um, office in general, um, we are Pearl Skin and Body Rejuvenation. We're in Colorado Springs. We um, are on Instagram and Facebook. And then, of course, you can visit our website, which is pearlskinbody.com. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Dr. Rachel for coming on, um, really talking about this really interesting industry. And uh, all of her resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to follow her on Instagram, give her a like and follow, and uh, check out her website as well. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. All right. Thank you for having me.